Welcome back, film and pop culture fans, to a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts here, Daniel Posey, whispering, because we don't want to wake Drew's baby. Oh boy, I was like, what is he doing? (laughs) So this is the first podcast that we have done since you've become a dad. Yeah, when's the last time we did something? Because we did... Was it Mission Impossible? Is that the last thing we talked about? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah, because we did it out of order with the picks and the Mission Impossible. And now I'm a father. Yeah, how is that? Um, I mean, it's good. I love her so much. You can't fully articulate, you know, how much you love your your kid. Like, before she was born, there was this level that I couldn't even explain how much I loved her. And then now that she's here... Um, I mean, it's great. She's been a stinker a couple times, but overall, (laughs) she just turned three weeks, and she's been really good. She's been great. I love her so much. So we've been enjoying a lot of time together, Um, a lot of late nights together watching spooky movies, which we'll get into. And uh, (laughs) I think it's funny, the first or the day she was born that night, it was AMC was doing Christmas in July. And they had Christmas vacation on, and against my wife's um, better judgment, I was like, nah, "I know, I know, this is insane to watch this in July, but I, lo- it just gets me in the spirit, and I love it so much." So we, sat, you know, held her, and we—that was her first movie that she watched. We watched that whole thing. Incredible, that's awesome. <clears throat> so that was so that was fun. That's a that's like a good little memory, and um, yeah, I've been sending you. You know, pictures, we've been getting her a lot of little Halloween outfits and stuff that I can't wait to start putting her in. But everything's been going pretty good so far. And obviously, you're a little sleep deprived, I'm sure. Yeah, last night she was up a couple times. And it was it was a time where I couldn't quite fall back asleep. And, um, you know, you just find yourself watching. At least in my case, I always gravitate towards scary stuff, so... And we'll talk about what we've been watching, but we I watched uh, Maximum Overdrive, and I did finish it, by the way. Oh. Um, so that was the last night's late night watch, which I did a little, you know, watch this stuff, you do a little research, and, and it is no surprise that Stephen King was coked out of his coked. mind and drunk during the entire production, because it is like a good, awful movie. Oh my gosh, yeah. It would be a blast if you were in a theater and people were drunk or stoned or something. Because <laughs> it, it, it would just, I think, elevate everything. Because it is not a good movie by any stretch. But it was, like, I had fun with it. It's a shame that he's never directed again. Such a shame, yeah. He said he would never do it again. But I think with the amount of time that's gone by and hopefully him not being... Uh, coked out of his mind like he could he could pump something decent out right oh yeah i think i think that's it i would love to see him return especially and we've talked about this before but if he were to step back into the ring especially on tv you know back in the day whenever we had the stephen king nights and you know we'd get something that would be like uh kingdom hospital or something that would be amazing yeah i miss i miss those like made for tv abc or not even abc but made for tv stephen king projects and i've been i've been going 
and just rewatching a lot of King movies that I hadn't seen. Uh-huh. Um, should we talk? What we're gonna do today is just like kind of go over July August movies that we may or may not have talked about. We'll just do like yeah. a a review roundup. Loves hates. But do you want me to save kind of some of the stuff I've been watching until after? Yeah, let's do that because we'll save that for the end. Yeah, because I'm curious. I'm I actually don't know what you've been a little bit like I've been able to pick up some of the stuff, like especially the theater watches. But some of the big stuff like Max, when you sent that about Maximum Overdrive, I'm like, this is amazing. It's great because I thought when she would be born that there was going to be a big dry spell of movies that I've been able to watch. Mm -hmm. And she's been doing pretty good at night, but, you know, she's got to get up and feed every three hours. So I do find myself starting something around midnight every single night. Uh, so I've actually been able to watch something almost every single night, which is Loves. truly hilarious and amazing at the same time. <laughs> um, but if we're going, let's do these theater movies that we've seen. I'm going to try it. I'm going to go. I just have this website pulled up. And then if we haven't seen it, that's okay. We'll skip it. We're just going to casually go, go over these um, movies starting in July. And the first one I see from July that was big, uh, Insidious the Red Door. Did you go see that one? I did. I got a chance to go, and I believe you saw it before I did. And um, I, I did go. I really had no interest. But the thing that got my interest up was Patrick Wilson's directorial debut. And they were returning to being a direct sequel to the second film, which I forgot a lot about. And then I think that you get most of that recap in the third one. But what's interesting about this, apparently they use some of the shots from the second movie from a different vantage point. They didn't use that in the second movie, but they used it in the Red Door. So I found that to be interesting. Not all the shots, but a lot of shots. Um, you know, to tie that So in. stuff that James Wan did? is featured in this mm -hmm. that makes sense so loves hates on that I, I was glad they went back to the at least the original story yeah that's what attracted me because the fourth one was awful yeah the, and that was like the skeleton key or something like that um yeah yeah not not a huge fan of that um i this series i'm just like kind of okay about um, and this movie is kind of the same, but I actually kind of liked it. Um, I can't say that I, it's not a flat out love and I didn't hate it. Like there are some things that kind of just bothered me and annoyed me a little bit. Um, but overall, like if we were to compare it, I think I liked it more than I disliked it. So I'm going to say loves. Yeah. Soft loves for me. I think Wilson did a good job with some of the, the scares, like the setup for some of them. And we should say, let's do, we'll say mild spoilers mm. for all of these if we've seen it. But there's some good setups, I think, to scares, like the one where he's doing the memory board on the window. Oh, yeah. And he's like adding things and taking them off and you see the figure getting closer. Um, I thought there was some good moments of tension and then it's usually just kind of ruined by some sort of crash scare, you know, jump scare. And then... It was a one, I think the first two thirds of that were pretty good. And then it kind of nosedives. Yeah. And then I'm like, I kind of like, what do we even, like, I don't even know what they're trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it was all right. I didn't mind it. 
um, is better than the last two. Oh yeah, for at sure. At least the last one. I and I I want to say I, I didn't really love the third one, but it's been so long. Yeah, yeah, that's the same. I've forgotten so much about these movies. I almost before seeing this, I thought I'll do a, wa- a rewatch of one and two. And then the night before, I I thought like maybe I'll be able to. I was so tired. I'm like, yeah, I'm just I'll return to it down the road. <laughs> yeah, I debated on it too. Um, and there was moments I was confused. Like I, in the second one, Patrick Wilson just being possessed and going after his family, like Jack Torrance. I don't remember any of that. Yeah, him losing it. Um, okay, so we did cover Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. That was a big loves for mm-hmm. you. I was pretty soft on it. And I'll say I haven't thought about that one very much. Oh. Still have not. You kind of warmed me up to the a- the AI bad guy a little bit, but oh boy. I and don't know. I could almost it, say that is now my least favorite Mission Impossible. Really? See, that's really just, well, I don't know if I could put it below number three. three. Yeah, two and three. Two and three. Um, I mean, I, man, I like, I really like that. That's that's up there and one of my favorites of the year still. And um, I just, I like so much about it, and especially the AI component. I do find it funny that they released. I don't know if you saw this. They released an uh, a new trailer for Mission Impossible, and it was a a literally coming out and saying AI is the bad guy. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Yeah, I guess just because it's a hot topic. And sadly, I guess. And then sadly, though, that hasn't helped the box office. The box office for this has been really soft. It hasn't, like, it's done globally decent, but it's made less than Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny here in the United States. Globally, it's made more than that. Um, But it's, I don't think, going to break even, to be honest, because... Right now, I think it's um, under six hundred million, and that sucks. I hate that so much. I was really hoping that this would be like a billion dollar movie, but um, terrible release time. Yeah, they it's, it's too honestly, much stuff. Paramount really screwed them, screwed Tom and company by releasing this the weekend before Barbenheimer. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess the argument is: Did we know Barbie was going to be that big? And even Oppenheimer, I I would have yeah. never have guessed that that would have made the amount that it's made so far. Me too. And I think the other thing, and this has been a really interesting point that I've been watching uh, some like essays on this essay videos of what made that such a, an impactful movement was that people took that and ran with it. And it was almost like this guerrilla marketing that you can't plan for. And if it weren't for that, I really don't think either movie would have been as huge of a success. I think, you would still have like Barbie would still be a big movie, but would it still be a billion dollar movie? I don't know. Like the fact that you have that, you know, tandem Barbenheimer, both movies kind of playing off of each other in that way, that guerrilla marketing, as I said, that's added to a lot now. Uh, but I do still think that Barbie would be a big movie. I just didn't anticipate it being this big. Ooh, now, apparently WB's biggest domestic box office movie of all time. Passing. Barbie. Passing the Dark Knight. That's insane. Now we should, those are the two next big movies. I've still yet to see either of these. Mm. But we'll start with Barbie. Do you saw it? Loves, hates, you liked it? Yeah, so I did the whole Barbenheimer experience. I did Barbie and then Oppenheimer. Mainly because like 
uh, and people are like, that sounds like an awful combination, or, you know, like way to view it. And in that order. Yeah. But yeah. I, pref I prefer it that way because I want to, I didn't want Oppenheimer to bring me down while watching Barbie. And I want to be able to think about something longer. And overall, um, I will say for, uh, you asked me about Barbie, right? Yeah. So, but because Barbie was the first one that I watched, um, I thought, oh man, this is, it's, I had a lot of fun in the beginning. I started a trail off in the middle and then there's something so absurd that happens toward the end. So ridiculous that I was smiling. And there is another thing that I've been anxiously waiting for you to see it because I feel like you're going to be grinning like a little kid like I was as soon mm. as this happened. And no joke, there was a moment where I almost stood up and clapped because oh, it gosh. made me that happy. Um, so with that being the case, I loved that. It was it was a lot of fun. I like that you watched Oppenheimer last because that's the one that I would want to see the most. So yeah. it's like, let me end on the Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, that's and that's how I felt too. I, I, do, I feel like Barbie put me in like... Um, I know Greta Gerwig, the writer-director uh, or co-writer and director of Barbie, uh, has said that, you know, it's like the cotton, you're eating cotton candy while watching Barbie. And that's definitely the way it is. It's, you know, you're on the sugar high. But Oppenheimer going into it, I was really jazzed for that, really excited. Gotta say, the first time seeing it, I was very soft on the loves. Ooh. And I'm talking very soft. Like there, because there are a lot of people saying, oh, this is like his masterpiece. I'm like, yeah, let's not take it that far. Didn't um, you tell me initially it was in your bottom Nolan? And uh, I still think it rankings? is. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, I think. What, so what are, what's the, uh, what, what are the other two? Like in terms of what's at the bottom? Yeah, for Nolan. I got to go tenants at the bottom. I've that movie's kind of pissed me off the more I've thought about it. Um, so you don't I, have to think about it. You have to feel it. Yeah. Isn't that when Nolan says it in the movie? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, don't don't think about it. Just feel it. Just feel it. Just yeah. Just don't. Yeah. No, no need to put a lot of brain power behind it. Um, Tenet is like and I hate that because, man, I love and we both love some John David Washington and Robert Pattinson in that. Uh, there's a great supporting cast. Overall, I think that could have, I tried, I I think myself, I gave that more credit than what it was due when it came out. Now I've really grown soft on Tenet and oh, it's yeah. like really, I, really bottom of the barrel. Seen it three times, I think. And I, I cannot wrap my head around it. There's no way you can explain to me what's happening. And that's fine. There is a level of enjoyment in something that I don't understand, but this is one where I don't get it and I'm not yeah. even interested in trying to understand. I just don't care. Yeah. And so that's, that's bottom three for me too. Well, and that, and that's where at the end of it, it's like, I just don't care that much to like try to understand it. And then the other one I think might be the prestige. Not, Oh my God. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. Really? No, no. Oh, oh, I'm leaving out. And I'm not saying anything bad about the prestige. Um, but I would say that, uh, no, I take that back. It would be The Dark Knight Rises, 100%. Well, the Dark Knight would Rises. You, would you count his first one, Following? Well, you got to count that. I mean, yeah. that's got to be bottom three. Yeah, it's bottom, but it's also, 
I'm a little softer in terms of like more sentimental toward that since the story behind it and how he made it. And I mean, it's not great, but it's also I, I lean toward that. And man, Insomnia, I just freaking love that movie. That's so good. That's such an underrated Nolan movie, I think. And the same for the Prestige. The Prestige, I really like. Um, but uh, it's like kind of toward, I'd say more mid-range. But it's just because of, you know. And one movie I need to rewatch. But when it came out, I'm like, I just don't care about Dunkirk. Um, I I will say technically and looking back on that, um, I've been harsher on that and I've wanted to rewatch it. I still think it's very cold and uh, very unwelcoming in terms of like scripting and character and all that stuff that it's less of what I'd like out of a movie. You know, like if you were to compare that to 1917, I would much rather watch that than Dunkirk. I still, there's two moments in Dunkirk that have made me cry. And I'm like, if you've, if you've brought tears to my eyes, I know you're doing something right. Even though this isn't necessarily like a character development that we would traditionally see. I think that's a top three Nolan for me. I love that one. Well, that's so good. And that's where a lot of people have, I mean, freaking Quentin Tarantino calls it a masterpiece. Um, but he said he like literally worships it. He has, he has a, he basically has a boat. He's created a boat and he basically last voyage of the Demeters himself. And Oh my God. <laughs> he named his son Dunkirk. <laughs> but, um, op, op, oppie, I would say really good movie. I can't call it his masterpiece. Uh, I really think that, um, I would even say Dunkirk is more of a masterpiece over uh, Oppenheimer. Um, I do think Oppenheimer there it's good, but it's like comparing that to his catalog of movies. I'm not going to just pop that in on a Friday night and watch it. I, yeah, I do think that there <laughs> it, it's good. It's very good. Actually. It just like, you know, Did you have popcorn and uh, a drink while watching it. Yeah, so I ended up doing uh, a, the, you know, double feature back to back. I ended up taking my popcorn and everything in from Barbie to go and, you know, to to Don, Don, or to Don Kirk and to Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah, I watched that instead of Oppenheimer. But then I took it into um, Oppenheimer and then I uh, ended up doing that. And so I think because I ended up blowing through soda as much as what I did, I had to walk out during a very short part. But then I came back and like, yeah, they were just talking, which is 98 <laughs> percent of the movie, I would imagine. Yeah. And that's pretty much I was going to say, but that's kind of more or less what it is. It's mostly talking. Now, jumping to late July, we had a movie that's absolutely bombed at the box office. And people want to say it's because they released it in July and it should have been released in October. I think even if you release this in October, it doesn't do as well. But it's Haunted Mansion. Oh. This is one of the first movies I kind of snuck out to go see after the baby was born. And it is not a great movie, but it scratched the spooky atmosphere that I was uh, feeling at the time, that I'm always feeling. And I don't know if I've thought about this very much since seeing it a couple weeks ago. But the cast is pretty good. Oh, the yeah. is amazing. He's the best and part of it. 
Yeah, Owen Wilson cracked me up though. Like I thought that I thought he was fun, but I don't know. It is it's it was like a decent two hours. Which why is this movie two hours? I have no idea. It's the same for me. I think I liked it a little bit more than light. I I think there's a lot here that was fun, very fun, enjoyable. It was a fun movie, fun fun night at the movies or fun day at the movies. I do agree. Like it should have been um, shorter, but I like I really enjoyed it. However, I've been hearing like, well, could they bring it back? I'm like, this is a one and done. How do you bring this back? How do you like continue this? I got the impression they were setting it up by the end. They they were trying you know, trying yeah. to do something. Um, now, one movie that is getting a sequel, it's already been announced, is Talk to Me, uh, A24's new horror film, which I quite enjoyed. This is another movie that I think the first two thirds are really great, and it kind of peaks in the middle for me. And then when it kind of gets into the final stretch of what they have to do, I started losing interest in it. But the concept is amazing to me. I love the idea behind it. I couldn't help but think if I was at a party and this is like a real thing, could I get talked into doing it? And I think, sadly, I could. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great thing about Would you this. do it? I That is the best part of one. The concept of this is just, seriously, it's simple, but it's amazing. It's so good. And then just the idea of, man, I think I could get talked into this. Yeah, I, I really... I don't know, man, that's tough because there are two elements and kind of light spoilers on talk to me as well, because um, I didn't know 100%. I knew going into this, it was the Philippos, the directors, the brothers, um, they said that it's basically using demonic possession to get high. And I'm like, how? Like what? And then after seeing it, I was like, oh, interesting. Whatever the thrill is that comes along with this. I just think yeah, the the number of times they're seeing it and it's going fine, the, the seance, that's what I think would talk me into it. One of, well, I want to see if it's real. And then two, oh, everyone else is doing it and it's okay. But would you say let me in? That, yeah, that might be a step too far. Yeah, that I I couldn't. I would I would be curious. I think to like try it, but oh my gosh, no, 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 thanks. Not let me in. No thanks. I'm out. I'm tapped out. We got you in the night, just like bashing your head against the table. Screw that. <laughs> Screw that. Carving when that happened, out. oh my gosh, that was intense. Um, the because of the concept, the way that it looked, the pacing of it. This is one of my favorite movies of the year. So it's a hard loves for me. Um, I don't dug you, this. Don't you think you would love it if it was set in like the Midwest? You mentioned that. Had that you had that U.S. vibe. I know it's Australia. Right. I know you had mentioned that. And I thought about it. And I dig it being in Australia just because it's so different. And I know the Filipos are from Australia. And that was one. Yeah, it, it all. It, yeah, it makes sense. I'm just saying it's all about it's all about America. Well, and, and, and that's <laughs> right. And then. um but they said they had a big studio or studios that were interested. And they said, we want you to change it to the United States. We want you to change locations. And they said, no, we're sticking to our guns. And they didn't. Well, it's paying off. It's made a lot of money. Yeah. They got a sequel. They said they already shot some sort of short prequel for the beginning of the movie. You know, we're just, we kind of jump into it, but we'll explore that a little bit more. And A24 has already said, 
that they're going to be releasing a replica hand that you can buy, which Loves. you and I had talked about that after seeing it was like, man, I got to get me a, one of those hands. And I don't know, what is your limit? Let's say it's pretty well-made replica. How much are you willing to spend on that? Because I think... I think I might be willing to spend a hundred bucks on that. I'd be, I would definitely, I would say my max would be $500, but. Oh my God. I, are I'm you joking. serious? No. <laughs> I, I know my wife would lose her mind and be like, you spent a hundred dollars on a replica hand that like. It's a demonic li- hand. Yeah. It connects you to dead things. Dead. And I'd be er, like, yeah, yeah I can't. Like, I can't stop thinking about the look of it. Like, what? There's so much, you know, for, I said the the story simple, and it is, but I feel like there's so much you could do with the history of this hand. And oh, yeah. Maybe that's what starts to ruin this, though, is when you start explaining things. Yeah. And I'm, I am worried about that. That's where the Philippos said that they do, like, the they're very meticulous and they had certain phrases. Uh, where it's more identifiable on parts of the hand so that it gets you to speculate. But apparently they created like this entire, they called it the mythology Bible in terms of where it comes from, uh, what is written and why that was written on the hand. But that's, especially with this replica, are they literally working in the phrases? Because I'd love to get that just to read a lot of the phrases. Oh, yeah. So how much would you be willing to spend? And same as you, a hundred bucks. A hundred bucks. Ooh, we'll find out soon, hopefully. But the sound of that, remember every time they put it on a table, it sounded like a giant porcelain, like yeah. sturdy hand. It's not at all what I, because I, I hadn't seen the trailer going into it. So I didn't really know what the hand looked like outside of that poster. Yeah. So when they, you know, they put it on the table and it's got that heavy sound to it, I was like, oh, this is so much different than I expected. Yeah. And, I will say too, speaking of that, that ending, did you not, what do you think about the ending? Um, I liked it. And that's what I mean of, I think there's a lot you can do with it. Man, I freaking love that ending. That ending is just so good. It actually gives me chills thinking about it. Let me in, baby. Oh, <laughs> so that was a, it was a loves for me. Definitely one of the, one of the more enjoyable movies of the summer so oh, far. Oh, yeah. I, I would say of the year, too. Now, another one that I quite enjoyed, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Uh, another loves for me that came out a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I thought that was... Um, it was a good time. It was a good time at the movies. I thought the animation was great. I'm a little iffy on the ending where it sets up the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't know if I like that. But I will say, watching this, my biggest gripe was we've seen this a million times of the Turtles. uh, You know, we set up the origin story, and we get a cool origin story, but then it's like we're we're we have to hide in the sewer. We can't be seen. That felt a little repetitive. But I do like what they did with it, like them going on shopping trips and – and it was like Mission Impossible, just not being caught. I thought it was. I thought it was fun. I don't know if I like where it sets them up. Yeah, that's an interesting thing that you bring that up because I had kind of the same feeling. Like, has that ever been done before? I don't think so. I can't remember that. 
At yeah. least not in like the cartoons or anything. It might I don't know. I don't know if that's something they've done in the comics or something. I not that I can recall. And I'm the same. Like I I I really liked it, but I'm like, oh, this is interesting. I'm not huge. Overall though, I still I thought it was I thought it was a good time. Did you like the villain? Did you like Ice Cube? I thought he was fun. I, I, uh, for like a week after, I just kept saying, repeating his line. Um, it was at six o'clock in the morning, police at my door. I kept saying <laughs> it over and over. Yeah, he is okay. He's just, I mean, he's just playing himself. Yeah. Time. I will say, I, I like the look of, I think, all of them. And you know, like the entire movie, I will say my favorite thing about this movie, because I really liked it. This is a loves for me too. My favorite things, the soundtrack from Trent Reznor, oh, Atticus yeah. Finch, that uh, at right. At, not Atticus Finch. Fitch. Is it Fitch? Atticus what? Ross. Ross. There we go. Not to kill a mockingbird. No, not, not Atticus Finch. Um, yeah, no, the, the film score is amazing. And I totally, forgot they did it and i'm watching mm-hmm. it and they don't have like um opening titles i don't remember seeing yeah. that or if they did i d- somehow missed it but it was the end of the movie i'm like oh yeah they did it and i was like this sounds exactly like their music only for a teenage mutant ninja turtles movie <laughs> yeah all right so loves on that i didn't see this next one meg to the trench i have no mm. desire yeah it looks bad you didn't go see that one either. No. Yeah, that's a hard pass. I don't. E- I don't even want to hear that. That is like bad fun. It just looks like trash. They said that apparently they're working on. They could be working on a third film. God. Why? I don't. It's not know. even made that I much don't. money, right? No, not apparently in the U.S. Not it's here. bombing, but in the, globally, it's making good money. Oh, boy. All right. Well, let's do six more of those. Oh, uh, Here's one that I kind of knocked on on the last podcast. I had never seen the trailer. And then, you know, I'm reading Salem's Lot. And I'm, I'm about to wrap that up. And every day I get online and I search Salem's Lot remake, just like praying <laughs> that we're going to get some sort of news about that dropping on Hulu or HBO Max in September or October. So I'm, I'm wrapping that up, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm kind of in the mood for a vampire story. And you had mentioned in your August picks The Last Voyage of the Demeter, Ooh, which yeah. I had never heard of, <laughs> and I kind of made fun of you for it. Yeah, you but were I, trashing I, on it. I ended up seeing it. Did you go see this movie? Not yet. Have you seen it? I Ooh. will this week, and I hope. Uh, I liked it. It was, it was, it, it's, it's like the, um, Haunted Mansion, where it was like the atmosphere was enough for me. Like it, it was, it was, I wouldn't say it does anything that you don't expect, but the cast is pretty good. I like the, the location being on a boat. And, uh, I thought the ending was like, this is, this is a tank fest at the box office. So we ain't getting anything else on this, but I thought the ending was actually kind of cool of what it sets up. (laughs) Interesting. But yeah, it was a good, it was a good, uh, this was two hours too. And I'm like, God, this, this should have been shaved by like 15 or 20 minutes. But, um, yeah, I'm surprised to hear you liked it. 
Yeah, I liked. It. I was in the mood for a vampire story. Okay. And it, See, that's and Corey Hawkins, man, he's good. He rules. I see those two things are what's made me excited. And also the director behind this is uh, behind uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Um, just that atmospheric vibe. It seems like he gets, and that's why I've been like getting more anxious in a good way to see this movie. And I don't think, and I think it uses it a little too much like CG Dracula, but I think for the mm. most part, it looked pretty good. Um, now the the little boy in this movie, he's also in another horror film that just dropped on VOD that we talked about uh, a couple podcasts ago called Cobweb, and it was something I'd never seen the trailer for. I had a vague understanding of what it was. I rented that um, over the weekend this past weekend and watched it, and that's another loves for me, man. Oh. I I don't understand why they're dumping this on VOD and like Blu-ray um, without a decent theatrical run. Put this out in October. Yeah. And and make, it couldn't have cost that much and I think you could make some decent money because it's, it's set on Halloween or around mm-hmm. Halloween. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised by it. It has a couple good uh, thrills. And I hadn't seen the trailer going into this, and I would advise not watching it because it will spoil some of the the scares, I think. That stinks. Because I went back and watched it and was like, eh, glad I didn't see some of the stuff they showed. But I liked it. I had a good time with both of these movies. And I really want to see Cobweb. I have not seen that yet. I have sadly watched the trailer, though. Ooh, Cobweb. Maybe you will forget it by the time you watch it. I hope so. Um... Yes, I I think the trailer also sets it up in a in a way that it's different from the movie that I, I kind of didn't like how the trailer plays everything out to be. Gosh, there's a movie I want to... I want to say it reminded me of, but I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, I don't want to know. I've been really hesitant to ask after I knew that you watched it. Uh, I've been hesitant to ask too much because I don't, I want to go in relatively spoiler free, but also like I've got an idea or it feels like mama, like watching it, but it's with their own kid. So I just, I'm so, I'm curious, but I also don't want to ask or no (laughs) until I see it. So those are the big movies that came out. Uh, this week we have Blue Beetle in a couple days and Strays, which just looks absolutely awful. <laughs> I feel like there was something else I was going to mention. You didn't watch the... Uh, was it Bradley Cooper? Well, yeah, I was going to say we could do Loves Hates on some uh, recent trailers, including Maestro starring Bradley Coop, the Koopa Loop, which is facing some of the most insane controversy that you could ever have. Um, this looks good, I think. I'm interested in it. I don't know, you know, I love to star is born, and I don't know if this is what I was hoping he would do next, but I mean it looks like it's well made. I guess I get concerned that it's Netflix. There there is that concern, and hopefully it's going to end up being this year's uh The Irishman, the Marty Scorsese movie. Just in terms of like Netflix making something good. Yeah. So I watched that. Um, I mentioned Maximum Overdrive. Now here's just a. This is these are the recent horror films that I've I've watched in recent nights. 
uh, Stephen King's Silver Bullet. Had never seen it. 1985. It, again, a movie that's not great, but I enjoyed it. Gary Busey's in it. He plays Corey Haim's uncle. And it's like part after school special, part horror film. It's it's kind of funny. But I, I liked it. I liked it. I rewatched Bodies, 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 which I still like for the most part. Though I will say the girls were super grating the second time around, and I, I kind of dropped it down a little bit. I rewatched the 1985 Fright Night which is still one of my favorite horror films. I love that so much. Again, in a vampire mood for whatever reason. It's the Sam's Lot thing. and I mean, that's the reason. Uh, I finally watched the OG Children of the Corn. That's awful. That's a bad movie. Um, rewatched The Dead Zone, which I like a lot. One of my favorite Stephen King stories. Uh, Storm of the Century. I That was the old ABC miniseries from 1999 that Stephen King wrote. I hadn't seen it since it first aired. I think it holds up pretty well. It was three nights. That's what we need again. I want another like three-night miniseries. It was a little too long. Um, And obviously, it's within the framework of limiting in terms of what broadcast TV can do. But I think it's pretty well done. I like Tim Daly a lot. He's He's a good actor. So I enjoy that. And I love the setting. It's like on on this island in Maine. And obviously, it's during this crazy winter storm. The whole thing just worked for me. I rewatched The Mist. I'm on a huge Stephen King kick, if you can't figure that out. And uh, watched that with Lex. And we enjoyed it. We did the black and white version, which is the way to go. I, I would agree with that. The ending, though, man, the ending is so bleak. And it's such the complete opposite of the, the novella that... Part of me admires it, and part of me is just like, why did we do this? Like, I don't know what it's trying to say. That is making me, that's not getting me in the mood to end up watching some King. It's funny because I want to say there were a few dropped on Max, and I'm like, oh, I want to go and watch some King stuff. And I thought, I'll, I'll, I'll keep this in mind for like once we hit September. But now ta- hearing you talk about this, it makes me want to go and do this sooner than later <laughs> gosh we we've got to get some news on salem's lot I, just like you i've been hoping that we'll end up getting something but man it just freaking nothing nothing and that's what's so strange now one when i wrap this book up i have like 60 70 pages left i want to do um the tnt miniseries with rob oh Lowe yeah that came out Gosh, I don't know when that would have been. See, I don't, I don't remember that, but I want to say that it's like early two thousands. Let's see here, TNT. Um, it was two thousand four. Donald boy, Sutherland. That's a long time. Yeah, because um, I, I like the OG one, the one that came out in seventy nine that Toby Hooper did. Yeah, that's one that I've wanted to uh, return and watch that, and the second one, Return to Salem's Lot. Even though I believe that's a stinker. Still want to do like a double feature. Is that on Max? Do we know? It, you, it was at one point. I think so. It was, yeah. It was at one point. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm really enjoying Salem's Lot rereading that. It had been a decade plus since I had read that. And then um, I picked up a couple other stories, and then we have Holly coming out next month, so I'm trying to time it, finish Salem's, and then I'll do, I think, the dark half in between and then get right into Holly. When that comes out the first week of September, 
but I'm just living my best Stephen King life right now. Well, that's awesome because I thought, I'm like, man, I bet you're going to be like so stressed and like tired and all that stuff. But I'm glad that you're able to get in quite a bit of watch time. Yeah. And then my wife has been good enough to let me sneak out for a couple hours to see some of these movies. She wanted to see Barbie, so I've held off on that. And then Oppenheimer, I just don't want to be gone for four hours. Oh That's the big thing. It's just, yeah. well, we can wait for that. And then um, hopefully see Blue Beetle this weekend. See if that's, I mean, the Rotten Tomatoes score is out. And it's, let me, let's do a little flash update. Because it was 87% up uh, earlier today. Now it's at 82%. Okay, so it's slowly decreasing, but not much. Dip it. Now, do you remember what we picked in the Rotten Tomatoes game for that? Yes, I actually went back and looked at it uh, earlier today. Do you remember? Did I do 70s or 60s? Oh, no. What? Oh, no, it's much lower. What? Yeah. I did? I did lower? I actually went above you, but not by much. You went with 55. Oh, boy. And I did 59. Well, you might get a W here. It's one of the rare ones. I will one say the, this. Yeah, this, you, this you've been recent, really doing bad. This recent round, I have done much better than what I've, uh, I have in the past. I've needed that, but I'm still down a lot. Now, Gr- Gran Turismo is coming out in a couple weeks, which is insane because we literally have these special screenings every day. Yeah. And I thought the movie was out, but it's just like every night yeah. there's a screening of it. It's weird because, yeah, that's the same case where, you know, there's um, just seeing every now and again a, like, screening. I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I mean, I guess, uh, but it keep with it getting pushed back because of the rider strike, I'm like, that's so strange, though. Oh, that's why it was pushed back? Wasn't it only like a week or something? Uh, it was originally going to come out last weekend, but now it's set for the end of the month. And uh, it, it's, I don't know. What which do they care if the writer strike is going on? I don't know. I like I read that it was either in Variety or Deadline that because of the strikes, they pushed it. And the only thing I can think of is that it's because they're worried movies won't be coming out as much. So they moved it to the end of the month. So that it just like extends that there will be movies. I don't know. It, that's, just that, release it next year if you're worried about that. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I'm not super interested in that. We'll have to update the uh, the standings for the game on the next episode of Quality Check Podcast. Now, one of the, the other thing, one of our other August picks, I think, comes out in a couple days, and that's the new Hosier album. Loves. Correct? Is that coming out Friday? I believe so. Ooh. I've been avoiding, uh, you know, he's put out a couple more songs, and I've been skipping those because I want it to be brand new and fresh. I almost almost did the same where I listened, but yeah, August 18th. Oh, boy. And then, obviously, Strays. (laughs) Oh! Still no reviews yet. Well, you and I, I think, picked pretty low yeah, in our Rotten me, Tomatoes game for well, that. Let me go back and see here what we went with. 
I honestly might have done 20s. You did. You did 27, and I said 44. Holy smokes. It looks terrible. But it's got to be better than the mag, too. You think so? I, th- Yeah, I'd say so. What'd the Meg get? 28%? Holy smokes. It originally, for so long, was sitting at zero. <laughs> Holy smokes. I can't believe Voyage of the Demeter is 51. Yeah, that's that stinks. 51. Now, one cool thing, before we wrap this up, um, we'll go from Stephen King to John Carpenter, because I, I noticed we have... They live in Christine coming to uh, Regal Theaters. Man, I want to see that. I want to see both of those so bad. Ooh, I believe it's in September. Christine is like, I don't want to say a bucket list movie, but I've never seen that on the big screen. That would be awesome. Yeah. That would be awesome. I just now looked at the uh, Haunted Mansion score on Rotten Tomatoes. Do you see how far that fell? Yeah. Holy smoke. What did we guess on that? Let me see here. Sorry to keep asking you the same question, but I don't have my list near me. It is... There's no way we guessed 38%. No, no, yeah. You said 76, I said 81. Oh my goodness. What a disaster. Yeah. What an absolute disaster. And then, this is interesting, the score, these scores, you've got, as typically, you've got more W's than I do. All luck, man. It's all luck. It's now, one one thing we didn't even talk bad. about. So bad. And then I, I seriously had no idea this was a thing until like a, a day before it hit Netflix is that stupid Gal Gadot movie, Heart of Stone. Oh, yeah. Which just looks like a rip of everything decent that's come out in the last 20 years. Only just a bad Netflix version of it. Um. That's a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. What a stink fest. I have no desire to watch that. And I will say, we recently flicked Netflix on in the house, and I told you it had kicked us off because it was her parents. Oh, yeah. It's working again. So who who the heck knows what's going on? <laughs> but we've been, like, watching stuff on there again. <laughs> I, I don't know what they're doing, Love. but it's now working again. It's so bizarre. <laughs> Well, you, oh boy, you can you couldn't pay me to sit and watch this trash though. Which you know what's wild about this? Um, Gal and Margot Robbie came out and said apparently Gal Gadot was going to be Barbie. She wanted Barbie, but because she was shooting Heart mm. of Stone, because she's so she's so attractive. Well, she j- Margot was like, I just I really wanted uh, Gal. I thought she would make for a great Barbie. She's got like good Barbie energy in this and that. And then she doesn't even uh, look like Barbie, even if she yeah, had blonde know. hair. Yeah, and I don't get it. But then Margot said, or then Gal dropped out because of Heart of Stone. And then um, I'm like, man, she's got to be regretting her choices so much right now. Oh, she got paid a ton to probably do Heart of Stone, though, right? You would think so, but I've heard that apparently Netflix, they are notorious for like, they're just, they don't pay very very well. Those stars are getting money though. You would think she, so. She also had to have signed some deal to be in like three of these because she's in that Red Notice, this one. Yeah. And I think she popped up in another one and they have to sign some like massive like three picture deal. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, she's she's getting paid somehow. Yeah, I 
I, I'll never sit and watch this movie. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, me neither. Heart of Stone. Uh, Heart of Stone. It's yeah. I uh, the critical consensus says Gal Gadot. I always say Godot, but Gal yeah, Gadot. Yeah, I do too. It remains remains an entertaining action star. Uh, is she though? I mean, she is okay. I, I think. Can, She's in action movies, but I just don't think of her as an action star. Yeah, I think she's okay. It's nothing. I'm not. The thing is, like, Charlize Theron, like, if she's in a movie, I want to see her. Like, she she's going to look good. Um, even, like, Margot Robbie, it's like, I'd much, I, I, I want to see what she does in something. But Gal is like, I really like her as Wonder Woman, but, like, other than that, Fast and Furious, other things, like, Red Notice is like, eh. Okay, like it's just gr- great on the eyes. I just it. This heart of stone is like there's zero interest I have in this. Hopefully, this still sounds okay. I'm on the move because I gotta let the cat out of the room. I so did I'm, notice there's a dip. Oh, well, I'm moving. I'm dip. I'm moving with the laptop with oh. the microphone on top of it. Oh. It's like I'm delivering someone's food. Oh, and then I also have the loudest chair on planet Earth. Each time I move, it does this, and I try, I try my best to cut all the nonsense out when we edit. But oh boy, I need a better chair. If anyone can fund this podcast so I can buy a new chair, I'd appreciate that. That uh, at least now you'll be. You need to get like a, a quiet. What is that? The era. Ergami or er, whatever chairs. Ergomic? Yeah. Ergomic? What, yeah. what is that? I always, mess, I always mess up the pronunciation, but it's those chairs where they're like really nice but super expensive. You need one of those where it like makes no, no well, noise. If anybody can fund this podcast. We, we should also say we, we need to start doing this, but on your, on your, um, your podcast service, whichever one you use... Apple or Android, re- review us. Just give us a rating so we can climb the charts because I think we're at, um, on the iTunes podcast charts, I think we're just under 23,000. So we <laughs> we need to shoot up the, the list a little bit. Yep. Otherwise, we're going to get shelved faster than WB shelved Salem's Lot. Oh. Uh, and we don't want what happened to Batgirl happen to us. So we're, we're just trying to prevent that. Well, after we've questioned everything about Zaslav's Mystery Box, we won't question one thing, and that's our love for more spooky stuff, which I got to go and watch a lot of that this weekend. So no matter what you're watching this weekend or any day, we just ask one thing. Keep watching. Keep watching.